You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. It is so nice to be back here at Cathedral of the Advent. And Catherine, so good to see you. And I was just speaking to her before we came out here, just how wonderful it is to see somebody serve one place for so long. Um, and I was informed that she had just, that you've just been made an honorary canon, and I just think that is absolutely wonderful. Uh, so, so grateful for you and all that you have done here and in our city. So thank you. So you really don't know me. And if it hadn't been for John, you wouldn't even know my name. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all mention me and they just don't let you know my name. They were cool letting you know I got my ear chopped off in the Garden of Gethsemane the night they arrested Jesus, but they didn't tell you what my name was. Now, granted, there's not been a lot of like heavily ear-related crime throughout the centuries. I mean, Vincent Van Gogh, but he did that to himself, so that doesn't really count. The other big things, I think, in, in y'all's day and age is maybe Tyson Holyfield. Uh, it's about as bad as it, as it got, but that's, you know, you don't have a lot of ear-related crime. But I had become a servant to Caiaphas, the high priest, the man who saw to the crucifixion of Jesus. I was an Arab, so I was not a Jew, and I was not a Roman. I was truly an outsider, a real outsider. The only work that outsiders could get was to be servants. And so my family and I, we became servants to Caiaphas, the high priest. It's kind of like the family business. It's what we all did. So my family and I worked for Caiaphas. And I will say the man always treated me well. He was always good to me, and I, so I made the choice to stay and work for him. And so we had this very special ear-piercing ceremony. And my right ear was placed against the doorpost, and then Caiaphas drove an awl through my ear. And then he placed an earring with his symbol on it so that everybody would know that he was my master. And this gave me really special status. And I got to tell you, I kind of enjoyed that. Doors opened to me that may not have opened for anybody else, uh, you know, because I was his eyes and ears and what was a very politically charged environment. Not that you would know anything what that's like. But I was his eyes and ears and the people in power saw everybody else as really just kind of transactional. People were transactions to be traded and gotten what you could get out of them and used, but there wasn't really relationship. And it was all about how can I use this person to get what I want? And so for Caiaphas, the transaction was I spied on everybody. And I let him know what was going on. I was his eyes and ears in the city. And when I showed up places, 
telling you, the mark on that, that was on my ear opened doors for me. And I was allowed to move through and listen to conversations that not everybody else could hear. And I was allowed to witness the things that not everybody else got to see. And the one person that my master was very concerned about was Jesus. And he wanted me to spy on Jesus and all of his followers. And so that was just another order for me. That's how I could complete the transaction of our relationship. And so I did that. Now, my master had given me an earful about Jesus. I had heard all the other leaders talking about him too because I was around for those conversations. And so I heard what they all had to say about Jesus and none of it, none of it was positive. They didn't have anything good to say about Jesus. So I had an expectation when I first came across him in person. And I came across him in the temple when he was teaching. And I had my expectation, but he did not match the picture I had been given at all. And then it happened. Jesus said, I am the truth and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. And I thought, oh, here we go. There's the arrogance that I've been told about. Because what a big statement. And I thought, okay, there it is. Because it was either arrogance or 99 shades of crazy. It had to be one or the other. There's no in-between. But then he said this. He said that his yoke was easy and his burden was light. And then this. He said, whoever wants to be great must be a servant. And I thought, are you kidding me? Because I'm a servant. I can assure you my master wasn't saying anything like this. This was not the view of my master at all. This wasn't transactional at all. And if that wasn't enough, then he said that he did not come to be served, but to serve. That was not the way it worked at Caiaphas' house at all. So... Now I knew why they didn't really like this Jesus. He was completely upsetting the order of everything. It made sense to me why they didn't like him. And that day, and the next days beyond that, man, my right ear just began to have this steady, annoying itch. And looking at his followers, because I was there to do a job. So looking at his followers, I saw Judas. And man, I'm going to tell you, there was no easier mark than Judas to exploit. He was going to be easy. We just knew it was going to take money. Because Judas was clearly greedy. It was just going to take money. And so Judas was an easily transacted relationship. And Caiaphas wanted vengeance for all that Jesus was doing. And after I let him know that he was healing people and telling them that their sins were forgiven, man, that was it. It got ugly. So... When we met with Judas, it went exactly as I thought it would. And yeah, he was very easily bought. 30 pieces of silver, it was really easy. 
And man, this weekend, this Passover time was a really rough time for me and my family and me and all of my people because it was this stark reminder that we did not fit in. And he didn't want us to be a part of anything. We could serve, but we couldn't participate. They allowed us to do that, but they didn't allow us to participate. And so that night was a really bizarre evening for me as the words of Jesus rang in my ear as we served Caiaphas and his associates and family their Passover Seder. And after the Seder was over, I was dispatched to go meet up with Judas. And so I did, and I went and I got with him and some temple officials. And then the temple guard met, uh, the temple guard and my master had, had kind of arranged with Pilate so that he could get 600 Roman soldiers. So now here we go. There was going to be over 600 Roman soldiers, all of the temple guard, the priest and, uh, and me going to arrest one Jesus. My master had told me how awful and dangerous this Jesus was, but it just didn't match anything that I had been seeing. But the whole night was so strange. These battle-tested Roman soldiers, grizzled veterans of war, with a 600 to 1 advantage, were nervous. Everything about the walk was tense. They were just so nervous, but it really couldn't have gone any better for us. We got up there, and a few of his disciples that were there, well, they were asleep. They were not any resistance at all. They were not going to do anything, so we didn't have to worry about them. Judas did his job. And then Judas, Jesus was the first one to speak. Jesus said, whom do you seek? And the reply came back, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am he. And look, I don't know how to explain it. We all fell to the ground. We all were immediately on the ground. Several hundred of us all fell to the ground in unison. Listen, my master tried to speak with authority all the time. Nobody ever fell to the ground at anything he said. Jesus said three little words and we were all on the ground. We scrambled to our feet and it was at that point that I wondered, I'm not sure we got enough soldiers here. And he asked again, whom do you seek? And I was just wondering if he was just playing with us at this point. But I was relieved when we did not all get knocked back to the ground and he offered no resistance. I thought, man, this is going great. And I spoke way too soon. Because it was at that exact moment that I thought everything was okay. Then his follower named Peter came out of nowhere and attacked me. And by attack me, I mean he cut off my right ear. And you know what was worse than having my right ear cut off? was that nobody cared.
He had committed a crime in front of the temple guard and in front of 600 Roman soldiers who law and order is really important to. And nobody moved towards me and nobody moved to arrest Peter for, for a clear attempted murder right in, in their sight. There's Romans, there was Jews, and one Arab. Nobody cared. Man, you want to talk about being an outsider. And as I'm there on the ground and I'm bleeding out, that's when Jesus, who said he came to serve, came to serve me. Me, the one who helped orchestrate this entire arrest. He came and healed me. He touched the side of my head where my ear used to be, and my ear was healed. Now, he did not pick my ear up off the ground and reattach it. He gave me a new ear. I had come there as an enemy, but this Jesus touched me as a friend. And I felt so awful for having any part in this. I could tell my allegiance had shifted. My heart had changed. My heart no longer wanted to serve Caiaphas. I wanted to follow Jesus and follow I did. Throughout the night, I followed through the trials, and I felt awful. I felt like I needed to do something. I felt like I needed to say something. I felt like I needed to let them know how he had healed me and how he had treated me, but I knew that they wouldn't care. They were not looking for justice. This crowd was looking for vengeance, and I knew my words would not matter. And what scared me was that these men had placed themselves in God's position while placing God in man's position. There could be no more clear picture of sin than that. They were focused on safeguarding their illusions of power. They were not concerned with truth or justice. And in the morning, I watched as they paraded Jesus down the Via Della Rosa and up to Skull Hill. And I watched as they nailed those healing hands to the cross. I looked around and I saw the others he had served. I saw lepers. I saw blind Bartimaeus. I saw Zacchaeus. I saw the woman that you know only as the woman at the well. And I saw so many others. I saw the woman caught in adultery. And my eyes that had served Caiaphas were now opened and I could see clearly. And then I heard this Jesus speak for the very first time after being nailed to the cross. The very first thing that he said was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Man, I stood there. I stood there at the foot of the cross looking up at him and we made eye contact. 
And right at that moment, I got that itch back in my right ear and I reached up to scratch that itch and that was the first time I noticed I no longer had an earring. I no longer bore the mark of Caiaphas on me. Everything was changed. The earring that marked me as a slave was gone. There was no hole. There was no scar. There was no memory of it ever being there. There was nothing to remind anyone that it was ever there. My ear was brand new because Jesus had transformed me. There could be no mistaking this. This Jesus, now my Jesus, was truly the Lord, and I knew it was true. I was no longer a slave. I had been set free, not just from Caiaphas, but from myself. I belonged to the family of God. I was no longer an outsider. Caiaphas never wanted me. Caiaphas used me. Caiaphas and everybody else wanted vengeance. Jesus was there because he wanted forgiveness. And I had heard Jesus teach about forgiveness and he had always taught followers that they first must forgive in order to be forgiven. And there he was modeling that for everybody from the cross. Showing us how that is to be done in the face of brutal wrong and grave injustice to be able to forgive first. Have you been hurt? Have others hurt you? Have others betrayed you? Listen, to desire vengeance is human. But we are never more like Christ than when we forgive. And not just in a way that says it's okay that people hurt you. It's not okay that anybody has hurt you or betrayed you. Jesus knows betrayal. He knows abuse. He knows pain. And he knows deep trauma. And he chooses to release us from that from, and the punishment that we deserve for our own actions in that and to not hold any of our wrongs against us ever. And, and he is taking that punishment for us in this moment on the cross. And that is amazing because that is transaction and transformation. It's transaction that leads to transformation. Man had placed himself in God's place while God placed himself in man's place to restore our relationship with him. And through this transaction comes transformation. Through this transaction, everything is transformed. So now I knew what was really happening. This Jesus, my Jesus, had become sin so that we could know his righteousness and the forgiveness of God. And he forgave first. When that made no sense, he forgave first. He forgave me when he healed me and transformed me and made me from an outsider to an insider in the kingdom of God. I had a master. His name was Caiaphas. And now I have a king. And his name is Jesus. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.